This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Do you have a Capital One credit card? Six million Canadians do, and they are the latest to have their personal information stolen by a hacker. And as I said, it's just the latest in a string of data breaches, insensitive financial services. The same thing happened at the Co-op Desjardins just weeks ago. That one affected 2.7 million people and 173,000 businesses. In 2017, there was a data breach at Equifax, and that exposed the uh, social insurance numbers and other sensitive information of about 19,000 Canadians. So this one is apparently larger than the others put together. What do you do to protect yourself? I would like to hear from you. Is this something that worries you? 416 Three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Now I'm here with Yaniv Orr, Vice President of Technology and Data here at Zoomer Media, and Claudio Popa, who is a cybersecurity expert with Data Risk Canada and the author of the Canadian Cyber Fraud Handbook. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Libby. Thank you for the invite, Libby. Okay. Yaniv, let's start with you. So this seems to happen, you know, every couple of weeks somewhere. Are we becoming desensitized to it? Uh, That's probably part of it. But the other part is that media is actually starting to cover it more. These type of events are actually been happening for the past few years in increasingly... uh, increasing frequencies. It's just that the media didn't catch up to the threats and the alarming rate of growth of these incidents until the last few years. And Claudio, uh, how serious is this one? Well, this one is is very, very serious, and it's more serious for Canadians than it is for U.S. Uh, citizens. And the reason for that is we don't have the same protections here in Canada. The the companies are not held to the same standard. Uh, We we do not enforce uh, cybersecurity standards as well as uh, the the United States uh, do. And individuals don't have the same level of protection. For example, we don't have access to credit freezes, which are available to every U.S. citizen here. So it certainly is a concern, and it's one that has been top of mind for Canadians for the past month at least, because as you correctly pointed out, uh, these kinds of breaches don't appear to be fading away. If anything, they're increasing in number. Okay. Uh, Now, interesting. So there has been an arrest in this one, and there are previous arrests. They seem to be what I would call an inside job, somebody who had access to this information. Does does that make a difference, Yaniv? Well, sometimes it does, but today with the abundance of tools that actually exist out there, any misconfiguration of any part of the infrastructure of an organization basically invites people to get in and take data. 
So it definitely helps, but not having it as an inside job will not deter people and it will not diminish frequency that much. Now, the company apologized, but they said, oh, don't worry. This uh, this wasn't used. Nobody nobody is out money because of this. Should we believe them, Claudia, when they say stuff like that? Unfortunately, that that may have been an earlier statement of theirs. Uh, At the moment, it has come to light that uh, a lot of information was, in fact, uh, shared by this individual online, uh, if only as a mistake, if only because she made mistakes in protecting it, or perhaps she wanted others to take it. Either way, this is a situation where, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the company itself that detected the breach, as it often is. Uh, In this case, it was a member of the public. It was a stranger who came to the company and said, hey, you know what? I happen to see some of your uh, customers' uh, data online on a social media system and thought you should know. That's possibly the worst kind of uh, the worst way that a company can find out about such a damaging uh, data breach. And, And luckily, the company did react quickly and contacted the FBI. But the fact is, the information has been exposed uh, and we don't know exactly to how many individuals, how many parties have had access to uh, what amount of it. Okay, let's take a call from Stephen Scarborough. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you doing today? Fine, how are you? Good, not bad. Um, I just wonder with this Capital One thing now, I've got a Hudson Bay MasterCard, and on the back of it it says Capital One. Now, is, is, would that be affected too, or is it just the Capital One card? Um. I don't know the answer to that. Do either of you guys? Uh, my understanding is that Capital One uh, has been storing the applications, the credit card applications of um, individuals all the way back to 2005. So if you've ever filled out um, a Capital One application or if someone filled it out on your behalf, um, which I, I think uh, happened in the case of uh, Costco a few years ago when they switched from Amex to Capital One, I think you might uh, just be included. The fact is, by law, the company has to uh, notify suspected uh, victims as soon as possible. So chances are um, a million of us uh, Canadians will be receiving some sort of communication, usually a letter uh, at home to notify us of the bad news. Okay, well, uh, Steve's question uh, was regarding a Hudson's, Hudson's Bay card. So mm-hmm. the application would have said Hudson's Bay. So do you know if, if that's affected? Yeah, well, if it's, if it's managed by um, uh, Capital One, I tend to think that it will be, uh, it will be included in that data trove because uh, Capital One is the one managing it, and Capital One has access to the personal information of all those individuals. But uh, it remains to be seen. Yaniv? Uh, yeah, I also agree. Basically, whenever a third party affiliates with the financial institute, it's still the financial institute that stores the personal data. And as the press has already disclosed, all of the applications towards Capital One cards throughout 2005 until now have been jeopardized. So most likely that card is also included. Okay, uh, so Steve, thanks for your call. And I would recommend that you call Hudson's Bay and uh, try to sort that out for your personal card. Now, we're hearing about SIN numbers going out. That, to me, sounds very dangerous. Uh, Yes, Libby. Uh, One of the scary things about an intrusion to a financial institute is that if that information has been uh, jeopardized, it's not something that can easily be changed. 
Normally, you need to keep monitoring uh, your status for many, many years after a breach like that, which is why it's also becoming the norm of the affected financial institutes to actually offer free uh, credit monitoring and uh, identity theft monitoring services to the affected customers. Claudio, uh, what should people do to protect? Okay, say they're suspected that they've been in a breach. What should they do now? You know what? One of the main things that people should do is is speak out and force the organization to to live up to the same standard that Desjardins uh, has set in the past month. And that was unprecedented in offering members and customers uh, lifetime protection from identity uh, theft or, or credit card monitoring uh, that. Uh, that we haven't seen before, and and I'm hoping that Capital One will not just stick to the usual, to the standard one year, uh, which is which is offered, and for the most part, which is uh, inconsequential and and largely useless for most uh, most people. What other uh, measures individuals can take now that their information may be out there and perhaps in the hands of of malicious individuals is simply. Uh, be vigilant, uh, watch the, uh, watch bank statements and credit card statements and be ready to, to react and call the company and the privacy commissioner when they see anything out of the ordinary. And, uh, and a final, uh, recommendation would be to, um, to ensure that they take advantage of the free credit report that's available once per year from each of the two credit reporting bureaus, uh, TransUnion and, and Equifax, uh, and that'll that'll at least provide some additional free uh, free monitoring there. But uh, it's important to realize that uh, um, that uh, companies going forward can no longer just provide uh, a, a, a token one year of uh, credit monitoring whenever this kind of thing happens and expect it to be sufficient. People have questions, so let's start there. We've got Len in Scarborough. Hi, Len. Hi, uh, hi Libby, and thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I've been a, a Capital One uh, subscriber for the past at least 20 years. Uh, a, does that affect, will this uh, scam affect uh, my card? Uh, B, uh, how do I know if my SIN number hasn't been given out? I'll tell you a couple of years ago, well, more than a couple of years ago, about 10 years ago, I went in to get a uh, uh, RRSP, and I was told by Capital One, that I owed them $5,000. I said, what, are you out of your mind? I, I don't even uh, use your card as a rule. At that time, I didn't. And uh, so they corrected that, apparently. A few weeks later, I went back to another branch, and they said, you owe us $5,000. <laughs> you know, so um, they, they cleared that off as well. But I'm very concerned about this uh, breach. And uh, it, it says here you're canceling your card. I'm yeah, I'm going to yeah. Okay, uh, Yaniv, uh, you had some thoughts on that. Uh, yes, well, uh, canceling your card may, may be a very good step for some people, but uh, as some of the information that was compromised is not just related to your credit card, even if you cancel it, first, I do recommend that you still subscribe to uh, the measures that the bank will offer for the accounts that were jeopardized. Uh, 
Moreover than that, uh, people need to remember that if they do not cancel their cards, long-term vigilance is very important because sometimes it takes a long time until somebody actually purchases the data that was stolen from the financial institute. Sometimes it might take years until that card number actually goes out to the public. So long-term monitoring is actually very necessary. Okay, well, that's I didn't know that. So that makes the long-term monitoring interesting. So they might wait years till things die down and then sell those credit card numbers. But usually your your credit card numbers change. I mean, your credit card expires, but I guess it's the same number, the new one. So uh, that's an interesting point. And I guess the companies are bound to give you the package, even if you've canceled the card after the fact. Uh, so, Len, I, I hope that answers your question. And if you have a Capital, card, Capital One card, uh, the answer is yes, your personal information was compromised. Okay. Uh, let's go to Doreen in Kingston. Doreen, we're starting to run out of time here. So quickly, please. Hi. Yes. Last year, um, the, the, uh, they caught it in time, but uh, somebody took out a Capital One card in my name. And uh, the only information I could get was that it was sent to an address in Mississauga. And I lived, I lived in Brockville at the time, which is east of Kingston. So, how did you find and, out? Uh, it was very fortunate that uh, instead of getting merchandise, they were going from one machine to another and taking out cash advances. And it was uh, a ca- they had applied for um, a Costco uh, membership card, and the Costco membership people called me and asked me if I had applied because it was sitting there pending. And uh, I said no, and then she said, "Do you have a Capital One card?" I said, "No, I do not. Not interested." And she said, well, then you need to call the fraud department. And they got it through an application um, online uh, called Credit Karma. Oh. And and I, I tried um, to find out what address in Mississauga, and they said, oh, we can't tell you that. It's confidentiality. And I said, you've got an application in my name who lives in Brockville, east of Kingston, and this is, went to uh, Mississauga. It's in my name, and you can't give me any information on it. Isn't that interesting? Well, that is interesting. Doreen, uh, I'm going to have to let you go. We have about Mm -hmm. a minute left. I'm going to let our experts respond, and that sounds really lucky that this was all caught. It was very lucky, but I put a red flag on my social insurance number as well as my uh, credit credit places. Okay. Thank you for that, Doreen. Okay. Thank you. Okay, uh, so just very quickly wrap up uh, hearing Doreen's story and in general, Yaniv, what do you what should people do? Uh, well, well, in a as Doreen basically uh, pointed out, one of the main risks is that the data that was basically stolen right now can actually serve to try and get other credit cards in your name because they have your full data set. They can basically reach out to any financial institute and impersonate you, which is why identity fraud monitoring is very important in this case. And Claudio? I think it's important to realize that uh, despite uh, what the company has said, that uh, in fact, uh, they were saying that don't worry, uh, credit card numbers and account uh, logins and passwords have not been compromised. Um, unfortunately, it's much worse than that. So uh, credit card numbers have not been compromised. Well, credit cards are easy to change and to cancel. The, what's impossible to change is the personal information that has been compromised and with which you can apply for a multitude of other credit cards. So 
it's much worse because the the amount of the data breach um, is uh, can can create any number of situations where individuals' identities can be cloned. And of course, they can apply not just for credit cards, but for loans, mortgages, and other uh, illegitimate uh, purposes, maybe even starting companies in the names of these individuals. So that's where the seriousness of this breach comes in. And it's not, in fact, from a situation, uh, as, you know, a traditional situation where credit card numbers are often uh, compromised. So we need to keep that in mind. And and we do need, and I agree that we do need to continue monitoring for identity fraud and identity uh, uh, breaches, but also push the company to provide more than just that standard default one year of coverage, which is not going to be helpful at all. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, guys. I think that we're probably going to have to revisit this very important topic very soon. Thanks to Yaniv Orr and Claudio Popa. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.